Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode of the Raptors Everything Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors 105 to 92 Went up to the Detroit Pistons, and um, it's sad. It's sad looking at this these matchups. It really is. Because um, it's honestly embarrassing at every level for the Pistons. I don't really even have that much animosity for them. Um, you know, it is what it is. The Raptors are just a better team. But, I mean, if you just look at it on every single level, when the Raptors go to Detroit, it's embarrassing for the Pistons. And it, it just must be... Uh, I mean, it just must be terrible, honestly, because, you know, obviously right out top, you have the atmosphere, you have busloads of fans coming in from Toronto, all across, you know, Southern Ontario, um, you know, busing over, getting to Detroit, I'm sure, you know, tickets are real cheap, you could probably get some for like, I don't know, 15 bucks per probably do the deal, maybe even less. It probably costs more to honestly just sit on the Greyhound than it would just to, you know, get into the arena and sit in the lower bowl. Um, and you know, you have the arena and the arena was, I don't know, man, I can only see what I saw on TV. I wasn't there in person, but by my estimate, at least half, at least half Raptor fans, if not more. And you know, it, it's, it's, it's gotta be a sort of a bad feeling because the Pistons aren't probably going to fill their building unless they get all these people to come in and you know, they come in and yeah, they, they cheer. I mean, it's, you know, at the start of the game, at least the Pistons fans had some sort of something to cheer for uh you know when the raptors would when the raptors fans would cheer the pistons fans would cheer and it was kind of fun to go cheering back and forth and at some point it was just like there's nothing less to cheer about for the pistons there just isn't they they lose their will to cheer um so it's embarrassing on that level and it's embarrassing in terms of just like how many times do the raptors beat the pistons man i i somehow the raptors didn't beat the pistons at all last year when they won the championship but if you think about it before that, how many times have the Raptors, you know, <laughs> just smacked up and embarrassed the Pistons? You know, you think about DeMar DeRozan ending Anthony Tolliver's life, basically, uh, with that incredible dunk to send it to OT. And then Fev Bleed hitting the dagger in overtime. Uh, you think about the times that James Johnson <laughs> cocked that joint back and banged on Andre Drummond. Uh, you think about the times JV dunked on Andre Drummond. Um you know, you think about you know when Demar dunked on Kyle Singler way back when. Uh, it, it's just it, it's just been this, you know, just stretch of dominance by the Raptors. Now, granted, the Raptors have been a really good team over that stretch, and the Pistons have been really bad team over that stretch. So you know, it's normal that they would beat them. But damn, it's just embarrassing because you throw in the added layer of the fact that all those fans are in the building, uh, and it just creates this hostile atmosphere. And for the Raptors tonight, like yes, it was the second half of back to back. I was a little bit worried they were actually only favored by four points heading into it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Raptors never lost control. It felt like one of those games, honestly, where the Pistons never really were up for the challenge. Um, you would think that pride will kick in for you when you have all these fans in there and such a hostile atmosphere and everything like that. But no, it's not. It's 
it was lifeless. Like I, you look at Drummond, for example. I mean, Drummond's going to catch a lot of sl- slander in this podcast, and you know it is what it is. But I'm reminded by uh, this tweet that Doug Smith sent out a couple you know weeks ago when there were these reports um, that the Raptors may be interested in Andre Drummond, and uh, Doug Smith put out this report saying that you know. A scout told him once that Drummond will put up 20-20 and make no impact. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Honor Drummond had 20-20, and 20, was a minus one, and at no point did it feel like he was affecting the game. Uh, it didn't feel like it was a problem. Yes, he got some rebounds. Yes, he can get offensive rebounds, especially when the Raptors don't have Marcus All. But uh, he's just never worried about this guy, man. Like, he's just – it is what it is. He'll be there. It's fine. But it's like a Hassan Whiteside level of impact. Um but, you know, as for the course of the game itself, uh, it was a little just not – it was just a little bit ragged early on when you look at sort of the flow of the game. Um, you know, it, the Pistons just – they had, like, a lot of, like, Tony Snell shooting threes, and that just wasn't going well. Uh, a lot of Thon Maker, and, you know, it, it was just – from the jump, it looked like those Pistons were not serious about what they were going to do tonight. Whereas, as compared to the Raptors, they had just a very composed approach. Like, even in a night where Kyle Lowry had one of his um, least productive games of the season, obviously after name, being named All-Star, you know, um, he didn't play like it tonight. But, you know, that's okay because the rest of the team just picked it up. Like, Sarge was scoring inside. Pascal was just going to work early on, just torching Thon Maker and whoever – and. I got to say, man, Dwayne Casey, what are you doing? Have you not seen this team? I thought this was the team that, you know, you drew up the offense and you drew up the defense for. Um, you know, what's going on? Are you really going to guard Pascal Siakam with single coverage? Like, in, in 2020? Really? Like, that does not work, man. He's literally an NBA all-star starter. Uh, he hasn't necessarily been at his very, very best since the injury. But, Damn. You can't cover this man in single coverage. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. The amount of times he put Thon Maker on skates, Tony Snell, cooking him, Christian Wood, Marcus, uh, Markeith Morris. like I, I, You know, it's funny because it's, it's not even surprising. Because Pascal did this the last time he played the Pistons. And the time before that he played the Pistons where the Raptors beat the Pistons so bad, Pascal didn't even play the fourth quarter. And in that one, he was really just cooking, and he's pulling up three from three. Pascal really had it going early on, you know, after, you know, getting to the paint pretty much whenever he wanted to off the dribble. Uh, he also hit two pull-up threes back-to-back. And honestly, if Pascal's hitting some threes, it's almost always a 30-point night. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Um, you know, the middle parts of the game, I got to say, a little sluggish. Uh, to be honest, the only times the Raptors looked like they weren't really in full control were in the third quarter where the Raptors went on a bit of a dry spell. They went three minutes without scoring. Um, you know, and you know, it was towards the end of the quarter and the offense wasn't really running that great. Serge Ibaka kept sending moving screens for some reason. And, um, yeah, the Pistons cut it to six points and you're like, okay, this is going to be one of those annoying games where the Raptors have to go out and win. Well, kind of, but also not that really like, uh, you know, Fred is always to me someone who will step up and make a big shot. And this is not a game where anything can necessarily be considered a big shot because, um, you know, it, it wasn't really in jeopardy. Even when the game was since Raptors only down, uh, only up six points heading into the fourth quarter, it's like, okay, it's fine. It's it's not terrible. Um, but Fred, right before the end of the third quarter, comes off the pick and roll, pulls up for three, swishes the three. That breaks the three-minute stretch where the Raptors didn't score. And, 
you know, the Raptors going to have up nine instead of up six because of that three. Then coming out of the half, Fred Van Vliet, or on, uh, coming out of the quarter, Fred starts the fourth, drives to the paint, gets an and one, doesn't hit the free throw, but, you know, gets the paint. And then he's just, from there, it was just clinical by Fred Van Vliet. It was um, just great. Um, just great orchestrating of the offense. Like it, it, him in the pick and roll uh, was very effective with Chris Boucher. Found him twice for dunks. Found Norman Powell for a dunk. Found Pascal Siakam for a layup. Like, you know, Fred was just really, really taking control of the game. And he really just led the Raptors to this push at the start of the fourth quarter that, you know, when the when the Pistons cut it down to six points, the Raptors responded with a 21-5 to run. Um, and, you know... That was that was the game. That was the game. And, and honestly, during that stretch, it wasn't even like the Pistons were, um, you know, completely overmatched. It wasn't like the Raptors were hitting all these absurd shots and things like that and, you know, whatever. It was just the Raptors playing basic, simple basketball, pick and roll, going at Drummond and Derrick Rose, and, man, did they get buckets out of that. You know, coming out of the timeout, getting Pascal Siakam deep post position off a cross screen so he can catch the ball deep, finish over whoever, Tony Snell. Easy. Um, you know, Norman Powell collecting a loose ball, going the other way and dunking. Easy. Like, that whole stretch there. I mean, Pascal had five layups in the fourth quarter. Like, again, what are you doing covering him single coverage? And it's like, you know, especially when you don't have a guy to guard him, really. Like, who is there to guard him? At least in previous games, the Pistons had Blake Griffin, who not necessarily is going to guard Pascal, but uh, at least he's going to make him work on offense. Uh, you know, Blake Griffin is very strong. He can put his shoulders into, you know, Pascal, maybe put him in foul trouble, things like that. There's nobody on the other end that can give Pascal any sort of trouble. Like, we're talking about Thonmaker. It's like Thonmaker trying to dribble the basketball is just... I mean, people complain about OG dribbling a basketball. Like, have you seen Thonmaker dribble basketball, man? Like, it it looks terrible, man. It just... It does not work. Um, and yeah, Pascal just got to work. And really, the Pistons just rolled over and died. They just rolled over and died. Like, I'll give Dwayne Casey credit. He put in the starters early in the game, earlier in the fourth quarter. He sensed that the game was going away from him. Um, but it just didn't matter. Like, his guys just didn't respond to it, you know? And uh, what was really, really a telling stat, I thought, was something that really caught me off guard. The Pistons, you would think of the Pistons as a team that gets a lot of points in the paint. Uh, obviously, the strength of the team is their bigs. Uh, obviously, you know, no Blake Griffin sort of hurts that, but, you know, they still have Drummond. They still often play two bigs. Uh, you know, Reggie Jackson's a guy that likes to go to the basket. Uh, Derrick Rose is a guy that likes to get to the basket. You know, they're subsisting on putbacks and stuff like that. Based on all that, you would think the Pistons would dominate in the paint, but not at all. Like, it, it was actually comical. I think at one point the Raptors had like 50-something points in the paint, and the Pistons had 14. 14 points in the paint for a team that's supposed to be good in the paint. Like what? Like it was it was just embarrassing. Like the Pistons whatever. They they finished strong in the paint. They ended up with 28 points in the paint. But compare that to 66 for the Raptors. And again, this is why people brag on Andre Drummond. Yes, he can get in there for offensive rebound. Got a couple of putbacks, you know, he got he, for, he forced Serge Ibaka into foul trouble, I guess. You know, a couple guys had to foul him once in a while, but like for the most part this guy doesn't play defense, man. 66 points in the paint for the Raptors. It, it, it was just extremely lopsided. Extremely lopsided. Um, and, yeah, you know, on the Raptors side, I thought some great performances. I thought Fred was really steady. Um, you know, he neared a triple-double tonight. 16 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, only 1 turnover. 7-11 shooting from the field, 2 of 4 from 3. There's a report out there that came out a couple of weeks ago that the Pistons are targeting um, – that they're targeting – Van Vliet 
in free agency, they'll have some money, if, if, especially if Drummond opts out. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know, Fred. Make a, make a smart choice, man. Uh, not all money is good money. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Fred, I mean, hey, based on this performance, i definitely pay Fred. Um, he's got a lot more going on. He's got a lot more character. You just forget all the other stuff. A lot more character than what else the Pistons are throwing out there. Um, what else? I, I thought... Uh, obviously Pascal was really good, you know, just his assertiveness is, is, uh, is starting to come back. It comes back in stages and it's funny because, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes with Pascal because his scoring comes in, in, in waves. Like he'll usually hit you with like 10 points and then another 10 points. And then in between there, he'll score six. You're like, Oh, overall, you had a good game, 26 points. We're really out of two good quarters. Um, and I guess the, the issue is sort of sustaining that sort of effort, seeing that energy, seeing that impact throughout the entire game so that there's no let up. But today, Pascal in the first quarter came out really strong, hit those threes, you know, went to the basket. I think he had 13 points. And in the fourth quarter, you know, he scored a whole bunch of points. And then just in between, he just wasn't as, uh, you know, as noticeable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Pistons don't even want to guard him. We've seen this over three games now. The uh, Siakam in three games this year is averaging 29 points per game against the Pistons. Like, you know, nobody on that team guards him. He, he's, he's just too damn good for them. Um, I thought one thing that actually caught my eye in, in this game uh, was just, you know, the fact that the Raptors threw some really nice passes. Like, um, early in the game, I think Kyle Lowry set the tone. Fred made a cut, sort of that macaw cut, where he sort of cuts from the perimeter through the middle of the paint. And Kyle found Van Vliet with this gorgeous, gorgeous pass that split all the defenders, and Van Vliet was able to get to the rim for a layup. And, and that's when you know it's a good pass, when Fred gets an open layup. <laughs> Those are rare for Fred. Um, but you know, it was one of those things that was contagious. Like at one point, Serge Ibaka threw like a Marcus all S pass where, you know, Norman Powell's coming uh, across the screen, uh, across like a, a cut and, uh, see, uh, and, and Serge threw a bounce pass that perfectly led Norm on his way to the rim for a dunk. Like that's something you would see out of Marcus all pretty much every game. But to see Serge do it was really nice. Even Serge had some nice passes on the move where he sort of was in control, uh, you know, rolling to the paint, drawing the third defender, and then throwing a nice pass, an accurate pass, uh, a, you know, a skip pass to the opposite side of the floor without fouling these guys. I think OG had one of those and he missed it. But uh, Siakam, uh, Ibaka was throwing some nice passes. Siakam was throwing nice passes. You know, the only time the Pistons actually threw two guys at him occasionally was when he was in the post. But even then, it was a really bad um just really bad coverage because Siakam was able to, you know, throw bounce passes to Norman Powell and find Terrence Davis sort of creeping along the baseline for the dunk behind the defense. Just a lot of great passes tonight. And, um, you know, you contrast that to the Pistons. They only had 18 assists. You know, Derrick Rose, not a distributor by any means. Even when he was in his prime, not really a guy that distributes. Mostly finds his own shot. And there was just no creating. Like, they had, what, Reggie Jackson come off the bench, had two assists in 30 minutes. Like, whew, man, I know he's coming off injury, but damn, that that's tough. Um, and it was just, just, just very different. And to be honest, the Raptors, you know, Going back to that point about how the Raptors, you know, were so effective in terms of guarding the paint, and, and really the game, the, the the game for the Raptors was won in the paint. It wasn't on the three point line. The Pistons actually hit more threes than the Raptors, um, but the Raptors actually won this game just based on the fact that the Raptors had sixty six paint points to twenty eight for Detroit. But the part of the reason why the Raptors were really good in terms of defending the paint was. Um, they play a lot of zone, uh, extended stretches of zone, and I thought that was pretty smart just because you don't really want to keep one-on-one, 
you know, have uh, have Chris Boucher, you know, trying to contest shots against Derrick Rose, but then also get back to, like, box out Andre Drummond. It's just a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Um, and, you know, the Pistons, it didn't help that they weren't shooting well from three. It's really allowed the Raptors to get to a zone. Like, the guy, Steve Mihalik, who's in the Rising Stars game for Team World, um, he's... He was, she shot four, six, and three, and he was nice, but everyone else was not good from three. And so the Raptors could effectively zone. They could show multiple bodies, sort of neutralize the Pistons' attack. Definitely kept them more towards the perimeter. And, and you know, really the Pistons, the only thing that really kept them in all night was the fact that they got 34 free throw attempts. And the Raptors only took 11. It's a big disparity. Uh, you know, it's a little strange. So the Raptors, I guess you know what it is. The, the, the Raptors actually played defense. And so, um, you know, there was some contact. That comes with that, whereas the Pistons just played no defense, and so the Raptors uh, got very few free throws. I, I didn't really think it was a game where the Raptors got shortchanged in free throw line. But anyway, it was one of those things where the Pistons got to the line a lot, and that was it. But all, overall, the Pistons only shot 35% from the field. The zone defenses worked really well. And, you know, you just got to give a lot of credit to Serge Ibaka and Chris Boucher because as much as you want to slander a guy like Andre Drummond, you know, you still need guys to you know, really play a tough physical game against them. The physicality of guarding Drummond is just not easy. And, you know, Serge did a really good job of that. Um, you know, he actually won a couple offensive rebounds uh, in the first half over Drummond, over a couple of the Pistons for a couple of putbacks. You know, he hit a couple of threes as well. Definitely impacting offensively. You know, Serge is, uh, you know, Serge is just been very steady. Let's be real. He's been very good. Uh, and then Boucher, I thought he was even more impressed by Boucher, his effort off the bench, you know. Uh, uh, he had three blocks in 18 minutes, which is a very, very impressive rate. But he was even more impressive just uh, some of the shots he changed. Like at one point, Derrick Rose tried to go up to the rim against Boucher. Boucher's up, vertical, verticality with his arms up. You know, Derrick Rose has to change his whole shot, and it just kind of goes nowhere. And, you know, you know Boucher also... Not bad at guarding Drummond either. I, I don't I don't know, man. Maybe it's one of those nights where the Pistons just didn't try that hard. But damn, like, you know, the Raptors' interior defense really held it down. And uh, that really allowed the Raptors to uh, to get the win. So the Raptors are now 10 straight wins. Um, you, know, you know, Nick Nurse is now in the All-Star game, which is amazing. Uh, the Raptors have secured, guaranteed, the uh, second seed through the end of this week. And that's where NBA coaches will be decided, All-Star coaches will be decided. And uh, it's just a great time, you know. It's, again, it's a great celebration of the franchise. You got Pascal going to the All Star Game, you got Kyle going to the All Star Game, and now you got Nick Nurse going to the All Star Game. And, and you know, as much as Kyle and, and Pascal deserve to go because they've really been great this year, Nick Nurse and his staff definitely deserve to go, man. Because if you look at what Nick Nurse has accomplished over a very short time as an NBA head coach, it's truly amazing when you think about it. We're talking about a guy first and foremost. Nick Nurse has the second highest win percentage in NBA history for coaches. All right. Now, granted, he's only had a, a year plus to coach the team, and he's been with a good organization. But still, second highest in NBA history, only behind Steve Kerr, whose uh, win percentage is dropping by the game. With the, with the, honestly, it could be a situation where by season's end, depending on how the Raptors finish and how the Warriors finish, I could even see that situation flipping. But at worst, Nick Nurse is number two right now. Um, you look at all the challenges had to deal with last year. It doesn't get said as much because, you know, coaches don't toot their own horns like that. Um, but objectively speaking, a difficult situation. He comes in. He gets a complete enigma in Kawhi Leonard, who is difficult to reach and obviously had a falling out with the Spurs organization. So Popovich couldn't even handle that. Um, he comes in, complete unknown. 
don't even know who's going to play. Don't know who's going to buy in. And, and, you know, honestly, he didn't play like a quarter of the games in the regular season. So that was difficult to manage expectations, to keep everything in-house. Uh, on top of that, he was dealing with, with Kyle Lowry, who, you know, has, as has been reported and, and and said, you know, I remember on the Danny Green podcast, they talked about how Kyle just, you know, wasn't really, uh, was difficult at times in, in practices, for example. And, uh you know, Masai had to go and, and have a sit down with Kyle Lowry before the trade deadline just to sort of iron everything out. So that couldn't have been easy. You can you know how difficult Kyle can be if he wants to be difficult. And, you know, you look at in terms of just what he did with the roster. Remember how bad Serge Ibaka was? Remember how everyone disliked Serge Ibaka after that, you know, 17-18 season? Well, Nick Nurse gets to Serge Ibaka. He convinces him to change positions to full-time at center which coincides with him sort of reviving his career. He's now a, a great asset. I mean, look at what Sarge is doing tonight, for example, right? Really efficient offensively, um, stretching his uh, offense out to the three-point arc. But last season, you know, primarily as a guy in the paint. Uh, and then he convinces Serge to come off the bench, which is not easy because Serge has been a starter his whole career, a very accomplished guy, but Serge agrees to it. He uh, gets Pascal Siakam to make an all, you know, just most improved season. Uh, definitely buys into him, you know, name makes him the starter from day one and Pascal takes it and runs with it. And eventually by season's end was the number two option for an NBA title winning team. And, you know, he continues to grow today and, you know, blossom into a number one guy. Um, you know, you look at sort of the other guys who have taken leaps, you know, the way he kept his faith in Fred Van Vliet throughout the playoffs last year and then Fred Van Vliet repays it. Um, after having the baby with, you know, just an amazing performance against the Bucks and an amazing performance against the Warriors. Norman Powell sort of taking strides, especially this year. Uh, and, you know, even integrating a guy like Marcus Saw, the trade deadline, it's a pretty significant addition. Uh, you know, not a lot of practices at that point in the season in, in April, or in, in uh, April, March, and February. And Mark really does integrate himself and, again, is the starting center for a team that won the NBA championship. And also, Nick Nurse won the NBA championship. He outcoached, you know, Brett Brown in the Sixers series. Him coming up with that big lineup is just a stroke of genius. And it saved the Raptors. It really did. That Ibaka-Gasol combination, uh, along with, you know, Pascal and, and Kawhi playing two, is just, uh, you know, just a great, great play to sort of even things out. Uh, the way he sort of matched Embiid's minutes with Marcus Gasol's minutes was really effective. Uh, you look at the Milwaukee series. Honestly, they were underdogs. People forget this, but they were underdogs. Um, and, you know, the, you contrast the way Nick Nurse approached that series and the adjustments he made as compared to what Mike Boonholzer did and his insistence that Giannis would, you know, physically break apart if he played more than 38 minutes a game, even on an elimination thing. You know, he makes the adjustment to put Kawhi to guard Giannis. And obviously it seems obvious, but still, you know, it worked. It worked. And the Raptors ultimately ends up sweeping the Bucks in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. They go to the finals. Um they pull a box and one against Steph Curry. That Steph Curry still pressed about it to this day. Um you know, uh, the decision to start Fred Van Vliet in the second halves uh, over Danny Green was worked really, really well. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, like, outside of that timeout in Game 5, which really did shift the momentum, Nick Nurse has been awesome. And he was awesome last year. And then you look at this year, and arguably this year is even more impressive when you look at sort of just what he was managing. Because you have Kawhi Leonard leaving a free agency. You have Danny Green leaving a free agency. Those are two solid vets, two starters. Your two starting wings, gone. With nothing in return. Let's be real. Rondé and Stanley Johnson for Chris, for for Danny Green and uh, Kawhi Leonard is quite possibly the worst trade ever. And, um, you know, 
what does Nick Nurse do? He develops the new guys. He recreates the productive, the production he got on offense uh, from Kawhi and Danny, uh, w- with sort of extending the opportunities for other guys. Fred has really taken a step. Pascal has really taken a step. Kyle has sort of really, re- you know, rediscovered his former form. And you know, on top of all that, you know, you look at just like the fact that all these injuries happened. And, you know, just significant pieces of the rotation, every significant piece of the rotation missing significant time at some point in the season. And still, and still Nick Nurse gets them to win games, man. Uh, you know, we're winning games with like Chris Boucher and and, uh, and O'Shea Brissett. And I love these guys. I appreciate their heart. They play hard. But damn, to win games with those guys? And, and, and we're not talking about G League games is, is kind of unthink- unheard of, really. So, again... Um, you take it all that, and you know one thing that's you know the ultimate sign of respect is, uh, you know, imitation is the most serious form of, of flattery. And you look at the amount of zone defense being played in the NBA. I've seen teams playing box and one. I've seen team play box and one against the Raptors. I'm telling you, I watch a lot of basketball. I watch a lot of NBA basketball. Not a lot of teams were playing box and one until Nick Nurse did it. Uh, and so he's he's changing sort of the the, the general league wide trend towards going to zones. It's not he invented zones. But uh, he definitely brought it back, uh, and some of the more creative ones, I think Nick has really gotten them to do that. The full court press, things like that, you know. Yeah, so they, they fully deserve it, man. And the Raptors are in the second seed. Despite all that, they're on pace to win the same amount of games in the regular season as they were last year. After all these losses, after all the injuries, it's amazing. So congratulations to Nick Nurse and the coaching staff. I'm really happy they got in. Before I get to three stars, I want to get to the KFC bucket of the game. And uh, as a reminder... The Raptors Over Everything podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So watch the team get buckets with a side of buckets like original recipe, popcorn chicken, tenders, or hot wings. Order at kfc.ca and get buckets before tip-off. So the bucket of the game, I mean, there are two. And both of them, courtesy of uh, Andre Drummond. One play, pick and roll. Fred VanVleet dishes it to Chris Boucher, rolls down the rim, or ro- rolls down the lane, and... Uh, Two-handed dunk around Drummond. Really, that was around Drummond, but still, Drummond was the main defender on that play, and he was in the play. So I count that as a dunk on Drummond. And then after that, an even more impressive dunk on Andre Drummond where uh, Norman Powell catches the pass going downhill and just completely bangs it on Andre Drummond. Was it as nasty as James Johnson? No. But damn, he really, really banged up Drummond. And really, when you think about it, over the years, this is such a great tradition of dunking on Andre Drummond. It happens like every time the Raptors play the Pistons. And every time the Raptors beat the Pistons, someone is dunking on Andre Drummond. Um, obviously, James Johnson, you know, uh, he's uh, the, 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 he, his dunk cannot be topped. It is one of the nastiest dunks I've ever seen. It led to a fight afterwards. That's how bad it was. Um, but you got Drummond dunking on him. Or you, you, got, um, you, you got James Johnson dunking on Drummond. You got Jonas Valanciunas dunking on Drummond many times. Usually with that, that that robotic pump fake, which Drummond always fell for, and then JV would drive by and dunk. Yaka Pertle dunked on Andre Drummond. If you don't remember that one, look it up. It was amazing. Really, really nice play. Fake handoff, goes to the rim, dunks it all over Drummond. Uh, OG Anobi's dunked on Drummond before. That was last year. Uh, you know, And Boucher dunked on Drummond today. And Norm Powell dunked on Drummond today. And honestly, man, even Masai Jerry has dunked on Andre Drummond. Uh, if you remember the open gym series, after there were some reports that you know the Raptors might flip JV for Andre Drummond, uh, Masai famously said in open gym, you know, he told him, "Hey, you're way better than Drummond." And what was not, what was m- the most savage part about that is not just that like he said that, but he left that part specifically in 
the open gym series because the open gym guys um they have the footage and stuff like that but like obviously it's subject to team editing and control and things like that obviously they don't want every single detail coming out but someone in the organization i don't know Masai personally but someone in the organization saw that and was like nah leave that in there <laughs> leave that drum and the dunk in there so those are your kfc buckets of the game uh chris boucher and norman powell in terms of your three stars um, first start, I'm going to have to Pascal Siakam. I mean, come on. No one else was as good as Pascal today. 30 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 12 of 18 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line. Plus 26 in 36 minutes. He loves playing against the Pistons. He started the game strong. He finished the game strong. That's what you want to see from your superstar. Pascal Siakam looked like a superstar tonight. I wish he could play the Pistons every night. Your second star, going with Fevan Vliet, 16 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. Plus 15 uh, in 35 minutes, 7-11 shooting, 2-4 from 3. Just really good sort of uh, orchestrating of the offense. Really sparked that fourth quarter run. He was at the center of all of it. Um, and then third star, you could go a couple ways with this. Serge Ibaka, 21 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 9-14 shooting, 3-4 from 3. His three-point shot has really come out, and, and that's really nice to see. And you can also give it to Norm, too. 12 points off the bench, 7 uh, rebounds, and assists, 3 steals, a block. The defensive energy was pretty good in 29 minutes for Norman Powell. Didn't hit the threes, but got to the rim hard. Um, but I'm going to, to, I'm going to give it personally to Chris Boucher. You got to recognize the sort of hustle and the fact that he just had a difficult assignment guarding Drummond, you know, and, and he did a pretty good job with that for considering he's like a third of Drummond size. Um, Boucher had eight points, seven rebounds, three blocks in 18 minutes was a plus 14. Again, a big part of that fourth quarter run, uh, to seal the game. So in terms of your Gerald Henderson award, that's got to go to, I want to give it to Svi Mahalik. Why not, man? Congratulations. He is the second ever Ukrainian player to uh, make it to the Rising Stars Challenge. So congratulations to him. He was really wet in the first quarter. Uh, hits a couple of threes. Um, you know, he was four or six from three for 13 points, four rebounds, two assists. I, I mean, it wasn't a night where the Pistons had a lot of good performances. So someone's got to get it. Uh, Svi hit a couple of threes, so he gets it. So. That does it for the podcast. Uh, the last thing that I will say is, you know, I, I felt really bad for Dwayne Casey. I really do, man, because, you know, he's just stuck in a terrible situation in Detroit. This team is going nowhere. They're about to trade D- Derrick Rose. They're probably going to trade Andre Drummond if they know what's good for them. Um, you know, Reggie Jackson somehow is still under contract, even though he's really been hurt the whole time he's since he signed it. Bit of a Nick Batum situation there. Um, you know, Blake Griffin is lost for the season. They're, I mean... <laughs> It just sucks, man. And the arena is filled with Raptor fans, you know, chanting. And to just to, you know, as fate would have it, he's up against Nick Nurse, you know, and there's definitely an unspoken bitterness between the two of those guys. Uh, whether they put it behind them or not, I'm not totally sure, but still, you know, there's some history there. And uh, he has to watch Nick Nurse beat up on his team for the third time this season so that the Raptors can send a third All-Star representative. Now Nick Nurse gets to go coach the team. And it just... I feel bad for the guy, man. Every time the camera pan over to Nick or to uh, Dwayne Casey on the bench, he just looks so mad. You know, <laughs> there's something about Dwayne where there's a lot of reaction gifs involving Dwayne when he was a Raptor that just are very, very not. F- they're just they're just funny. They're just funny to watch. I don't know. He is. Some people are very funny when they're mad, and Dwayne is one of those guys. Um, but you know what? What really, really made it the most sad was at one point. You know, how Dwayne Casey. Sometimes he's a really active coach. He really gets into it. And sometimes, especially in the second half, when the defense is in front of his bench, he likes to be on the sideline, up on his feet, 
in a stance, in a defensive stance, sliding his feet, moving his, you know, moving his arms around and calling out, you know, plays and, you know, almost as if he was playing defense for his team. And he was starting to do that today, uh, uh, you know, for the Pistons, except this was the fourth quarter and they were down 20 and they were fully going to lose the game. And Dwayne Case is standing on the bench, you know, doing defensive drills. And it's like, damn, it's just, I, I felt bad for him. So, uh, hopeless situation for Casey improves because no one deserves this man. No one deserves this. He's he's a good man. He's a good coach. Did a lot of good things for the Raptors, and it's just unfortunate to see him in this situation. It's almost comically cruel uh, the circumstance that that he was put under tonight. But congrats to the Raptors. They have now won ten straight. Congrats to the uh, coaching staff for going to NBA All Star Weekend. Now they got to coach. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Team Giannis and uh, start the tampering campaign. So that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, you know, things are good for the Raptors right now. They play the Bulls on uh, on Sunday. You know, chances are pretty good that that's going to be a win too, especially at home. So it, we could be looking at 11 straight. Things are... Things are definitely very good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And uh, listen to the Raptors Live call-in show as well. That was recorded before the game happened tonight. Me and Josh took a bunch of calls for an hour. Listen to that on the Raptors Everything feed. And I'll be back on Sunday. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.